Securities and financial planning offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Welcome to Planning for Win Financial Guidance in Life. I'm Kevin Pinkley. Thank you for joining us today. Today, we'll be talking about long-term care. Most importantly, what is long-term care and why you should know a little bit more about it. Joining us today is Jeff Skolnick. Thank you for joining us, Jeff. Certainly, Kevin. Jeff, could you briefly tell us a little bit about yourself and your firm, please? Sure, sure. Um, You know, my firm is a, um, we represent a number of different insurance companies. I started off uh, back when the earth was cooling, when I left college in my first financial planning job, uh, we did comprehensive fee-based financial planning. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was very important to me, not just to represent one company, but a big basket of companies. They all Mm -hmm. specialize in different areas and have different niches. And over the years, we established an organization that has grown to about 100 offices nationwide, mm-hmm. which gives us a lot of uh, underwriting clout um, and the opportunity to find the right solution for people's clients. And, and we really try to work with other advisors, helping them find the best solutions for their clients. Okay, great. Well, Jeff, if clients wanted to get a hold of you, what would be the best way to do that? Oh, they could certainly email me, uh, Jeff at Texas-Advantage.com or 713-532-1000. But generally, we really work with folks like yourself as providing support behind the scenes, and I'd recommend that they contact you and uh, you can help us identify uh, and drill down to what their needs are and, and uh, find them the best solutions. Okay. Well, thank you, Jeff. Well, uh, long-term care insurance, where would you like to start today, Jeff? You know, it's, a, it's one of those areas that people um, don't always want to address until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the people that are most motivated are ones that have had a family experience. They've taken care of a grandparent, mm-hmm. and uh, they realize the, um, the time and the costs associated with that. And a lot of our job is really to try to get those people while they're young enough and healthy enough mm-hmm. motivated to uh, be able to get a policy in place that will meet some or all of those uh, assisted living costs. Well, those the key benefits of doing it early enough also helps with the cost structure, doesn't it? Oh, certainly, yeah. certainly. And I would say that generally – you know, from 50 to 70 is really the best age range uh, to do that. Before 50, you're really a little young. You probably have some other priorities that need to be addressed. Uh, we've done cases uh, for people all the way to 80, early 80s, but your best leverage is really if you can uh, get the coverage between 50 and 70. Okay. M- makes a lot of sense. I've noticed that um, you had mentioned earlier, most of the time people have an experience maybe with a relative or friend, and now the wheels are starting to turn and they're wondering if it makes sense for them. And I can just say in working with our clients, what we've noticed is people are living longer than they anticipate, and the costs associated with that living um, continue to rise. Yes. And the different options that are available to take care of ourselves are important. And if you address it early enough, you get to have a choice and have more possibilities than if you address it later. Is that what you're seeing as well? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Important to address it. Uh, The younger, the healthier you are. You know, there have been prior generations where... You had two, three generations living in a house, and, mm-hmm. and uh, people took care of the parents and grandparents. Uh, but a lot of the American lifestyle, uh, that just, you know, I, I don't expect my children to take care of me. Uh, and uh, you can pay for it dollar for dollar, uh, but it's much more cost effective to um, get the insurance coverage uh, that people need. You're leveraging dollars in that case. You're leveraging okay. dollars. 
And they've really gotten uh, smart about it. Some of these policies, you know, people are worried, what if I buy the long-term care policy and I, um, and I don't use it, mm-hmm. I just die? Mm-hmm. Well, some of these long-term care policies have a death benefit uh, that's commensurate with the dollars that you've put in so that if you die and never use it, you're going to essentially get your money back or your heirs will in the form of a death benefit. So there isn't a lot of downside to it. But on the upside, uh, by the time you're age 85 with some um, uh, cost of living adjustments that these have, for every dollar you put in, you might have six or seven dollars of long-term care leverage, mm-hmm. which is uh, really a tremendous uh, value for people. Well, it adds up, and there's a benefit there regardless of what happens. Okay. Yes, exactly. A, a lot of times, maybe I hear, and, and I, I think you probably would too, that, well, I don't know if I'm a candidate for long-term care, meaning I don't know if I need it or if we need it as a couple. And what we're seeing is that one or both parties, in most cases, are going to need it to some degree for some amount of time. And it's really not, I don't think we need it. It's really the question, which one of us are going to need it when we're talking about couples? And in many cases, both of us are going to need it. Is that what you're seeing as well? We are seeing that. And and once again, that's what I love about having a number of different companies that we work with. Uh, Different people have different goals in mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they say for a a male, the average is about two and a half years in Mm -hmm. an assisted living and the female about three and a half years. Now, you throw all those averages out the window when you're just talking about one particular couple, like rolling dice, you Mm -hmm. know, okay, we know if we roll a thousand times, we're going to get seven the most. But if we're only rolling one time, we can get anything on the board. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think most of our clients... Uh, are seeing doctors regularly. And with all the advances in medicine, people are living longer, but they aren't talking as much about how they're lingering longer. And uh, they don't just go out like a light bulb. You know, uh, uh, my father's been in assisted living for five years, and uh, I'm really happy that we got him a policy. It wasn't a big policy, but we got him a policy that paid $100 a day, mm-hmm. and that's gone a long way in Iowa to uh, sure. meeting his his expenses and his needs. And, you know, everybody wants to stay... Um, in their home as long as possible. And these policies are designed for home care. You don't have to move out of your house. If you can be cared for fine there, then then that will take care of you. So that's usually one of the concerns people have is, can I stay in my home and receive this kind of care? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's one of the misconceptions, if you will, that I'm sure you hear quite a bit, and I know we do, that people come up with reasons why they shouldn't investigate more or ask some questions about long-term care because someone will say, well, I would like to stay in my home. And the shorter answer is, well, in most cases you can if you choose to and if it's workable. Um, But, you know, they talk to somebody, maybe their neighbor or an aunt that maybe had a policy 20, 30 years ago and, and things have changed, correct? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They can stay in their own home. And, you know, earlier you mentioned People don't know how long the husband or the wife are going to need care. Mm -hmm. One of our other companies that we work with, they actually have a joint policy. Mm -hmm. And you buy a bucket, as long a bucket as you want. You could buy a bucket that pays for five years. And if one person uses one year of that bucket, then there's four years of the bucket left for the other person. Mm -hmm. And other people we meet with, they say, you know, We've had these experiences, and we know family members where they got Parkinson's, they got dementia, things went on a lot longer. I really would want a, a lifetime benefit for each of us. And for not that much more money, you can get a lifetime benefit rather than just, for example, a four- or five-year benefit bucket uh, as a pool that the husband and wife can access money out of. Well, no, that that's important. I, I'll say that when we talk with our clients – we don't have that average that you mentioned of X number of years. Uh, We've had clients that have been in assisted living five years, and we have some that are in 15 years. We don't normally run into somebody that's in assisted living for one or two years. And uh, just roughly the costs have been anywhere from about $4,000 a month to $18,000 a month, depending on the care that they need. 
And I think what couples don't understand is that when they reach retirement, their funds that are available are going to be asked to do a lot just to keep up with their daily needs. But when we talk about an extended care providing some type of medical service for them, whether in a facility or in their home, then it becomes really uh, tricky to have the funds be able to meet those needs also. And maybe they can meet the needs of one spouse, but then the remaining spouse, here's the question that, that they always ask. I don't know if I'll be able to take care of myself after my spouse passes away because we didn't really expect or anticipate this long-term care need. It costs a lot more than we thought. we glad we met that uh, cost because it was the right thing to do. But now they're looking at, I don't know if I can fund my retirement after my spouse passes away. And then the question is, well, if I'm in a similar situation, even for a briefer amount of time, then there's just not enough water in the well, if you will. Right, right. And they've exhausted their assets. It's a big concern uh, coming from a financial planning background that Mm -hmm. I have for people because they can hit their retirement goals, you know, uh, pick a number, let's say it was $100,000 a year, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, uh, one of them needs assisted living uh, support, and it costs five or $6,000 a month. Well, 60, 70,000 out of that 100,000 does not leave much for the uh, surviving healthy spouse to, uh, to live on and take care of themselves. So it's a real concern, you know, and, and I often, you know, the premiums uh, are very reasonable for the long-term care policy. And I always say, you know, this premium is much more affordable and much easier to handle as part of your your expenses now than to um, have to pay the the sixty seventy thousand a year when they're on assisted living uh, care. Right, and I'll just emphasize again: if you address it early enough, like you were saying, it gives you choices, and then you get to decide what's right for you and what makes sense and what's affordable and what maybe not be. But later a lot of those choices are gone. So if we're addressing it on the later end of that age 70, then, then it creates other issues. Absolutely. You know, you're, you're healthy till the day you're not sadly. Mm -hmm. And, um, you don't want to wait till your health changes, um, to get this kind of coverage. We do have carriers that you don't have to be Superman or regular Mm -hmm. man. You can, you can have a few chinks in your armor and still get coverage. Uh, but you do want to get it sooner than later. And, you know, there's also other nice uh, considerations, for example, indemnity versus reimbursement Mm -hmm. kind of coverage. Uh, The reimbursement coverage, uh, basically, uh, you'll you'll pay for the care and the insurance company reimburses you versus indemnity coverage, Mm -hmm. where once you can't do two of the six activities of daily living to qualify or, you know, or dementia to qualify, that they will just pay you the total monthly benefit Mm -hmm. and you can provide that care and dole out the money however you want. And it doesn't have to be a, you know, a skilled person. Say you've got a family member, they're a teacher and Mm -hmm. they would like to come home and take care of you, but they can't afford to. They need their teacher income. Mm -hmm. You could actually pay them with an indemnity policy to be home with you, to take care of you. Mm Uh, rather than hiring an outside uh, uh, entity. Right. So some of these, what I would call options that you've mentioned, um, those weren't available 15 years ago, 20 years ago. So maybe the conversation that we're having with an aunt of ours or a neighbor and their experience, uh, there's been a lot of updates and modifications and other solutions that have been in input into these plans, correct? Oh, absolutely. Okay. They, they've really gotten better. Uh, things like indemnity coverage versus reimbursement, the fact that if you don't use it, the policies that have a death benefit uh, in there, there um, and, and some older policies and, and some newer policies, the rates can change where other companies we represent, those rates are guaranteed not to change by the company. So I think there are very important distinctions that can be made uh, across the board on these policies, and they really have gotten very good. Okay. You mentioned earlier about maybe we have some minor health issues and w- maybe we're having the conversation as a couple or as an individual about long-term care insurance. Um, 
what does that look like? I mean, how intrusive are those questions, or what what you know, are the, they looking at? You know, that's a, a very good question, Kevin. Uh, generally, this is a phone interview that mm-hmm. they're going to do with you, oh, literally over the phone. They may or may not see the need to get a copy of your medical files, but usually it's just a phone interview for 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. They're going to um, ask you what medicines that you take. Uh, do you have a disabled parking sticker or not? Mm-hmm. You know, do you uh, um, have really bad arthritis or something where it's affecting your walking? But those are just the uh, a phone interview usually covers um, the whole underwriting process. They reserve the right to do more, but nine times out of 10, that's all that, that's needed. Okay. Sounds good. Um, what I've noticed, Jeff, on, I'll call them the questionnaires, maybe, mm-hmm. that if you looked at a questionnaire maybe 15 years ago, maybe there's a few more questions on there today. So maybe a good suggestion would be that if someone is considering it, that maybe now's a good time instead of waiting an additional 10 years, that maybe there's a few other questions on the questionnaire that aren't currently on there. And, you know, um, um, so it might be a little more simple today than 10 years from now. Yeah, yeah I, I think absolutely. I think that as time goes on, they're going to have uh, a plenty of additional tests that they feel they can do from, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but right now, I think it's a very easy process, and I think you get a, a very good policy as a result of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had mentioned the other uh, entities or companies that you can look for solutions. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about that because I wanted to emphasize that because a lot of people think that a quote is run, for instance, and there's one or two solutions there. And what you're talking about is really not the case is you're matching it to the customer or the client's needs. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The, the more time we or the advisor spends with their client to understand, you know, what, what their goals are, what their concerns are, what their financial situation is, uh, what their family situation looks like, the more we can identify uh, the best candidates, the best policies, design some options, even if it's just a starting point uh, to put something together for them to consider. Okay, great. And um, are these policies, I would call, portable? So, for instance, uh, we worked in Texas our whole life, and now we've decided to move to uh, Wyoming. And, I mean, where someone's residence is or part-time residence um, doesn't matter in these instances. They, they are portable, yeah. uh, certainly within the United States. If you mm-hmm. leave the United States... Uh, there is a variance of international coverage of who covers what for mm-hmm. how long. But within the United States, you can go from state to state with without any issues there. Okay, great. I, I, I think we may hear that a little bit, that maybe they think they're in a certain domicile and, well, we can't move out of state or anything because it might affect it, or maybe we have to reapply. So that's just some of those perceptions that are incorrect. Yeah. yeah, they'll be able to maintain their coverage. The only area that I could think of, Kevin, that uh, you might want to look into is if you bought a, a long-term care policy that was partnership qualified. If you were worried about spending down all of your assets and you bought a partnership qualified mm-hmm. policy to protect some of those assets, you would want to compare the partnership qualified rules of the state you were in mm-hmm. to the new state. That's about the only area, and that's pr- a pretty small niche mm-hmm. of where that could even be of concern. Okay. Well, that, that's helpful. I certainly didn't think of that, so that's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once someone has a policy, there's payment due. So maybe it's in a lump sum, maybe it's in a monthly amount. Um can those uh, rates uh, increase over time? And if so, why would they change? You know, great question. Uh, you basically, and it varies by company, they usually allow a monthly premium payment, a quarterly, semi-annual, mm-hmm. annual. Some of them are, um, you can get it done in 
one year if you want. You just want to write one check and be done. You want to pay for it over 10 years or you want to pay for it over your lifetime. You have have all of those options mm-hmm. of, of ways that you can pay for the policy. Okay. So that's flexible. Very okay. flexible. Okay. Very flexible. And, and as far as rates changing, uh, the bulk of the companies we represent and work with, um, the rates cannot change. We do have um, a couple companies that are a little cheaper. I kind of compare it to car insurance. You you buy that coverage, the rates can change, uh, but it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that route. Uh, you're, you're taking a little bit of risk. We like to think they've priced them better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we think that they're priced at a sustainable level, but the rate could change with a small section of the companies we work with. Most of the companies, that rate is guaranteed not to change. Okay, well, that's important. Sure. Um, kind of the mechanics of it. So uh, an individual or, or a, a couple uh, needs to use this policy. Now there's a need for it, whether it's inside the home or, or in a care facility. What's the mechanics of starting the process? Generally, the companies just want a letter from their doctor saying they cannot do the two out of six uh, activities right. of daily living, you know, uh, uh, Basically, those activities of daily living are things like being able to feed yourself, being able to dress yourself, uh, toileting, eating, um, bathing, and transferring. Mm -hmm. And if your doctor says you can't do two out of six of those, that generally is going to be enough to qualify you to Mm -hmm. go on claim. The insurance company reserves the right to send a person out to, you know, to interview you and, and go through that process, but they often don't need to do sure. that. And is there a time frame between when we need care and when the, the benefits or the payments are paid? Oh, that's a great question yeah. also. Uh, they call that a waiting period, kind of like a deductible for your car insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, you get in a wreck and you're going to pay the first $500 deductible, for mm-hmm. example. With a lot of the long-term care policies, there's a 90-day wait. Mm -hmm. Some of the policies are immediate with no waiting period. Mm -hmm. So it it varies, and and that affects the pricing just a little bit also from an immediate benefit to a 90- or 100-day wait. Okay. So it's not a long period of time. It's not a long period of time. Mm -hmm. You know, but that does make me uh, think of the topic. A lot of people we talk to think that – Medicare is going to be there to take care of them. They don't need long-term care coverage because there's Medicare. Well, and and I can't recite all of the specific rules um, at this minute, but basically Medicare to go on claim, you have to first be hospitalized for uh, three days and require skilled care, not Mm -hmm. just assisted living like somebody to feed you or dress you or bathe you. you. You must require skilled care and if you make it through those first couple hoops, they may pay benefits for an 80 or 100-day period. But after that, if you're lucky enough to go through all of those hoops and qualify, you're only going to get an 80 or 100-day benefit out of a Medicare solution. And, and sadly, a lot of people rely on Medicare for these uh, long-term care needs. Right. No, that that's a big misconception. And, and then... I think also the important thing is you get a lot more choices with your own policy of where that care is provided. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the sad reality of it is that um, you have, if the care is going to be given in a facility, you have to go visit those facilities and see if it's the correct place for you or your loved one. And, you know, there are places that will meet those needs. And unfortunately, there's ones that you probably would shop somewhere else. And if you're only on Medicare, there are much fewer options than um, having, you know, the, the regular being able to pay for the coverage of mm-hmm. wherever you're going. So, Well, you mentioned pay for the coverage. And then maybe another thought some people have is um, I need to qualify financially for this care, M- Medicare. Or, or Medicaid, that um, if I don't have a lot of resources, then 
maybe these other programs will take care of me or I have X number of dollars so I don't have to worry about it. Someone else will take care of me. And I, and I don't think they really understand that. You literally, to qualify for Medicaid, you have to spend down your, your assets to, and once again, I can't quote you the exact number, but it's something like $25,000. Right. And uh, if you don't spend it down that far, um, you aren't going to qualify for Medicaid. And the recent legislation, I believe, has extended. Uh, people would often give away their assets to other family members, and there was a three-year look back, and that's been extended to a five-year look back now uh, to give away those assets and get down to a level that Medicaid would provide for you. But you know, I, I just don't think most of the people we work with have lived their lives re- relying on legislation and the government to right. take care of them. And, and I, I don't think that's the time in their life that they want to do that either. No, I agree. And, and I mean, the short answer is if you have a home, you have a checking account, and you have some retirement assets or even a pension, then you're not going to qualify. You're not going to yes. qualify. Absolutely. And, um, and they're serious about that look back. They were serious about it when it was three years, and they're serious if it's now five, um, that, you know, you don't get to hide assets, if you will, if that's what someone is thinking. Right. And, um, I mean, it's not the right thing to do, and then eventually someone finds out that it took place, and there's repercussions. But the main thing is you don't get choices of where you would want to stay. So, yeah. yeah, you don't. And, and that's part of uh, some people like the partnership qualified types mm-hmm. of long-term care policies, which basically if you buy a long-term care policy that's going to pay $5,000 a month, that's $60,000 a year mm-hmm. times five years, that's a $300,000 long-term care bucket. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, partnership qualified rules in a summary is, well, if you go through that $300,000 long-term care bucket that you bought, you're able to keep an equal amount of assets um, and still qualify for Medicaid if you go through all of your uh, long-term care policy benefits. Mm-hmm. So that that's basically how a partnership qualified plan can allow you to keep more assets. Well, what I'm hearing is that the listeners need to visit with someone so, and the right person gets to answer answer the questions because they can't figure it out on their own, correct? No, yeah. this is yeah. a very complicated yeah. area. Uh, it, it's one that unless you study it all the time uh, and are aware of all these different options and nuances, it's, it's a minefield that um, it's best to uh, work with a good advisor. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. The, um, the notion of... Um, Purchasing something in advance that you may not need, and I'll bring it up again. Uh, maybe some people are hesitant to do that, and, and I just, again, wanted to emphasize all of our clients are using some type of assisted care, either from themselves or the spouse or both of them, because um, they've taken care of themselves in most cases over the years. So they're around longer than maybe our previous relatives were, and they have access to medical care now that maybe wasn't available in the past. And in a way, that's a good thing, but it also creates other challenges and opportunities for us that, um, well, I can't emphasize this enough. Someone's going to use it. Right, (laughs) Yeah. right. You know, the, I, I don't have the statistics. I was just looking through one of the brochures that I had looking for the statistic uh, that they say if you're 65 years old, I believe there's something approaching a 75% likelihood mm-hmm. that you're going to use assisted living right. for a period of time before you pass away. And, you know, with those kind of odds, I mean, you don't give owning car insurance a second thought or right. or even what's the likelihood that your house is burning down, right. you know, but you insure your house. Um, what's nice about these long-term care policies relative to your your car or your house insurance, you know, if you had your car insurance every year and you never got into a wreck, they don't give you money back at the right. end of the day because you didn't use it. Mm-hmm. Yet these long-term care policies, if you die without using them, you're going to get a death benefit that's tax-free uh, to your heirs. Right. Well, that's important uh, for those few exceptions. Um, 
that are out there. But uh, it, it's just a peace of mind that the money's just not went down a, the drain and, and there's no recovery. Yeah, so, you're yeah. so right. It is the exception because literally a 75% chance that mm-hmm. you're going to use this. And with mm-hmm. all the advances in medicine, uh, people just linger longer. They, they, you can get some bad, uh, uh, bad medical issues and you're, you're going to live with them for a number of years, uh, you know, good and bad news about that. Right. Well, when you mentioned medical issues, if, if we got some bad news. So the scenario is we own a contract or we purchased a long-term care insurance contract and um, we qualified medically for it or with our past history and, and current status. But then a number of years later, we were diagnosed with something uh, terrible. Uh, that diagnosis later or in the future doesn't affect the current policy that we have. Correct? No, it does yeah. not at all. Uh, does not at all. You, mm-hmm. You'll still have the same policy. The, mm-hmm. the, the rates um, are not affected by your changing health. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's important to know. Yeah. Okay. Very important. Yeah. If... Um, What's the most important uh, or the most frequent concern you hear from clients that are looking for long-term care insurance when, when they come in if, if they had a concern or issue? Or, or, or is it the issue that they don't have a, a concern or issue and they're not aware of it? Yeah. You know, I think human nature it often is put it off till they, they would like to get coverage when there's a fire in the basement, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and... Um, it's, it's a, I think the, the hardest part is to motivate healthy people to say there's going to be that day mm-hmm. when you're going to need this coverage, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a very strong likelihood. And, mm-hmm. and when you're talking about 70% chance of, of using something, uh, you know, uh, they've been good stewards of their financial situation. Why in the world, um, you know, do they want to avoid uh, this particular concern? So I think motivating people to actually do something about it um, in advance is the hardest uh, job we have. That makes sense. And I think when most people, if they did sit down with a financial planner and they map out their future financially and they look at their income needs and maybe the, the nice things that they would like to do instead of the things that they have to do, meaning, you know, I have to meet certain bills um, the fun things that maybe we put off for later. Um, usually in that financial plan, there's not an age and a dollar amount that shows up in that financial plan that says, how are we going to cover this potential medical cost there for long-term care? And in most plans, that's not there. So we have a scenario that we're planning for 20, 30, maybe 40 years worth of retirement, and it looks okay or it looks really good or, you know what, I think we can make it work. But then when you put in that scenario that even one spouse or one individual is going to need considerable dollars, whether it's for two years or for eight years, then um, instead of being in the black, if you will, we're in the red and those numbers don't work. So I, I think, you know, if you've worked with someone or you have your handy dandy spreadsheet at home doing it yourself, then part of the equation is not there. And there's other factors there that you're not planning for. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. That's the, the big uh, bump in the road is mm-hmm. not planning for this assisted living expense. And I've mm-hmm. seen some really sophisticated software that by obtaining a long-term care policy, mm-hmm. their um, uh, statistical probability of hitting all of their goals during retirement improves dramatically mm-hmm. by having the, life, the long-term care policy in uh, force rather than having that risk out there. Right. Because we're not, as you said, we're not using dollar for dollar. We're leveraging dollars and we're buying a need in the future at a fraction of what it's going to cost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's good to know. Yeah. 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 Well, um, if you had to tell people uh, something that was important uh, to them that maybe they're not aware of about long-term care insurance, what would it be other than what we've already talked about? Oh, gosh. Uh, let's see what might be a good... Um, we haven't really talked about inflation, mm-hmm. that um, these policies can be designed to 
the standard is grow at 3% a year. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you start at 100 or $150 a day, it can grow at 3% a year, which is important because mm -hmm. we all know medical costs are likely going up faster than that. Sure. And uh, uh, the 3% inflation is, um, you know, an important scenario. And another thing, um, we often meet people that are maybe – 60, 65 years old, and, and we're doing a overall comprehensive review on their insurance policies, life policies, mm -hmm. in addition to um, long-term care policies. And they'll say, I own some long-term, some life insurance policies that I bought when everybody was young, the kids weren't through school yet, but now they're educated, they've graduated college, they've gotten their job. I've got these life policies that have significant cash value in them, but do I really need the life insurance policy anymore mm -hmm. at this stage of my life? And some do and some don't. The ones that don't, we can exchange the money that's in that life policy to pay for an assisted living long-term care policy and, and uh, um, you know, re-employ those dollars. I'm glad you mentioned that, Jeff. I hear a lot, and I think you can even see ads on TV or hear them on the radio about maybe I purchased some type of insurance product, and I don't even like to use insurance product. I, they're tools, the way I look at them, and they have different needs. That they provide different needs at different times, and maybe at a certain age, you'll hear someone say, well, you don't need that anymore, or you shouldn't have that anymore, um, but that's probably not true in, in my experience, but even if it's not needed, the tool can be converted into something else that maybe is more of an important need, but people like to close or shut down or do away with those tools because they think, well, I never used it or I don't need it anymore or I don't, or my needs have changed possibly, and I'm just going to do away with it. And uh, in a lot of cases, well, the tool maybe is still important, but if it's not, it can be reconfigured to another benefit. And I, I think that that's really important because um, it can be used for something. You know? Right, right. These dollars that are employed in, you know, in that example that are in a, a life insurance policy, maybe they don't need, maybe they have two or three policies and maybe they always need to maintain one of those uh, policies, but maybe we can use the values from the other, re-employ it into meeting this exposure they have for assisted living at this stage of their life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's and by working with a good advisor who has a an understanding of their overall picture rather mm -hmm. than just one issue in a vacuum um, allows you uh, particularly to do mm -hmm. a much better job for for them. Well, and as you said, visiting with the the, the right person is important because um, things change over the years, and what wasn't available or maybe wasn't the ideal tool back then has now been changed or upgraded, if you will. Or in some cases, it wasn't even possible a number of years ago. And, uh, you know, I hear all the time, well, I didn't know that. And it's like, well, you're right, because maybe it didn't exist three years ago or 15 years sure, ago. Sure. And someone saw a need and created a tool, okay, that serves that purpose. So there's a lot of motivated people out there who help provide solutions and you just can't stay stagnant and say, well, I, I visited with someone in 1991 and here's what they said. I mean, it'd be no different than the, the advice and the resources that the doctors have today are nowhere the same as they were in 1991. And these types of tools in the insurance industry certainly change and are updated exactly. over time. Yeah. Exactly. Very important to reevaluate, look at that, uh, both in light of their goals, their situations. And the different financial tools that you can bring to bear to help them. Mm -hmm. um, have you ever um, had someone um, have the need that um, th they have a need for long-term care, but then um, they had a situation where both parties were needing long-term care and they needed different varying degrees of care. And you found out that, you know, there were different solutions for different people at different times, but you just weren't aware of it when you purchased the product at the time. So I think what I'm asking, uh, I probably didn't make sense there. 
Um, so you could have one person that needs a little care in the home, but is still being able to take care of themselves for the most part. They just need, um, but then maybe you have a spouse that requires 24-7 care Mm -hmm. in an assisted living facility that the options are out there where regardless of where someone is with their needs, there's a solution out there. It's, yes, it's, it's Yeah, it's not an all or none type of situation. Or And, and couples are, um, you know, what I think what you want to come away with is that the benefits that they get can obviously are tailored to their needs. If, mm-hmm. they, if they can get the care at home and they can both be at home, they can do that. If, if one goes into an assisted living and uh, the other one can join them in mm-hmm. the assisted living, either mm-hmm. under care or many of these facilities, they, they can join, they can pay like they're paying rent, if you mm-hmm. will, um, until they go on claim. And, you know, uh, um, uh, my mother passed away um, and about 10 years later at about um, 75, my father got a girlfriend mm-hmm. and she was about 75 mm-hmm. and um, she had dementia and they, he didn't, or she didn't want to go in on her own, but really his pride, you know, didn't say that he needed the assisted living, but he really did. Mm-hmm. And first he joined her in the assisted living facility where she needed the dementia mm-hmm. care. And then it wasn't maybe a year or two later, well, he really needed the care, but they stayed together in the assisted living facility. And as as time progressed, they needed different levels of care, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, from assisted living, uh, unskilled to skilled care and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, just And they could get it either at the same facility or they could move to an appropriate facility if they needed something additional. Okay. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think sometimes people think, well, if I'm in one facility and I'm already using the long-term care insurance option at that facility, then I can't go to another facility. So, I mean, oh, you, you can, can pick up and move. You yes. can pick yeah. up and move. Uh, and the nice thing about having this this kind of a policy which gives you those resources uh, at your disposal, uh, yeah, you, just, uh, you or a family member is going to do the research of where's best for you or mm-hmm. nearest to their their house. Uh, you know, I keep using my dad as an example, mm-hmm. but my brother lives in Iowa and my dad was already in Omaha, Nebraska. So mm-hmm. we moved him over to Des Moines mm-hmm. next to my brother. And he's probably moved at three different facilities mm-hmm. as he's needed different levels of care, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, to provide for him. And you mentioned something earlier about a couple wanting to stay together. Um, that's a good thing. And so the different policies can accommodate that because, um, you know, whatever situation is workable for the couple can be done, but, you know, it accommodates what you would like to do. And, you know, you're not separating someone um, that, you know, there are different provisions in there that um, as we progress in age and with our medical issues, then yes, we can stay together as a couple. And I don't think most people think of that. And I I don't think I do until we actually see it happen that you have a couple and they've shared a life together. And it's like, well, you know, we still want to be with each other and care for each other. And, you know, maybe we can't care for each other like we could a number of years ago, but, you know, we're still able to make choices of our own and stay together. Um, and get a level of care. And whether that's in their home or at a facility, mm-hmm. they certainly can do that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a wonderful thing, obviously, about it. And, and uh, you know, people live longer and they're healthier, these, these companies, mm-hmm. um, as a result of being together. Most of the, our, our companies give a spousal discount, actually. It doesn't always mean that the spouse has to have coverage, but mm-hmm. the fact that you have a spouse, a significant other, uh, they give you a discount uh, for that, uh, and statistically, the, they obviously have reasons that they feel you're going to, going to be healthier and uh, and better off as a result. Right. Well, there's benefits to having another person there to help look after us, if you will. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, it's um, 
I mean, uh, like I said, it's it's just an, another tool that is important. Um, do people who use long-term care for financial planning? Oh, certainly. Yep. Certainly. Mm-hmm. A v- valuable part of their financial plan. Yeah, at, at all um, walks of life uh, from, you know, a, a relatively um, minor assets to very significant assets, um, people use assisted mm-hmm. living, uh, long-term care policies mm-hmm. across the board. Okay. It's important. The um, So an example, when we're looking at a policy for a couple or individual, I mean, how many companies do we normally take a look at uh, as a comparison between them? We'll normally do a comparison of five or six companies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, identifying the key features, uh, working with the advisor and the client to understand what are the most important uh, bullet points issues mm-hmm. for the client. Is it a lifetime benefit? Is it reimbursement versus indemnity mm-hmm. kind of in, uh, benefits? Um, you know, uh, what What really are the most important criteria? And then we'll we'll show them some examples so they can really have these this whole scenario come to life a little better for them. Well, I'm sure in some cases cost is the primary concern, but it's not always. And that's another benefit for looking at different companies that the coverage is different, if you will. And that's why you pare it down to the select four, five, or six, and then go from there. Sure, okay. sure. And even uh, different desires of do they want to pay for the policy a little bit for their whole life or mm-hmm. do they want to pay for it in 10 years? Some of the some of the companies are a little more flexible in that than others. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll take a look at that. Yeah, it, it's... Um, uh, but I, I feel that these are really the, the top-tier um, long-term care policies out there in the marketplace. I mean, basically, we stay in business by finding the best companies, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, so uh, I'm confident in these particular companies. Is long-term care insurance similar to other types of insurance we would own where you own the contract, and as long as you meet the financial obligations of paying for it, then it can't be taken away from you, correct? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So it's not something that, so here's an example. Um, uh, It can default or go away or through a bankruptcy issue, it can be taken away from us or... You know, the, that, that's an interesting question. I don't see a way that through a bankruptcy mm-hmm. that the mm-hmm. assisted living long-term care policy could be taken away. Certainly life insurance is protected mm-hmm. in that, and, and I'm 99% sure that a long-term care policy would be protected also. Okay, okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, when we... Um, so what starts the process? I mean, obviously someone's contacted you, and what's the first, what would that look like when someone's in your office? I think a discussion of their goals, uh, you know, uh, um, the types of coverage, uh, hear a little bit about their experiences um, of what they have, um, experience with their parents, grandparents, a uh, little family history and their financial uh you know, situation so we can have a handle on that and then Mm -hmm. design the type of plan that works. I think sometimes people also feel that, you know, you don't have to own the Cadillac, if you will, of Mm -hmm. coverage. What's important, and I'm going to use my father one more time as an example. Mm -hmm. He was a law school professor for 40 years and Uh, He wanted $100 a day as a Mm -hmm. benefit. And I said, Dad, we probably to do a little bit more. But he he just wanted $100 a day. He got that. It paid $3,000 a month. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in Des Moines, Iowa, he was, uh, the cost was $4,000 a month. So with Social Security and teacher's retirement, he was in good shape and that paid for the bulk of it. And uh, so I think one of the problems is people feel like, you know, gosh, I've got to have this huge policy with all these bells and whistles, I think it's much more important just to get a base of some coverage mm-hmm. uh, that will go a long way to taking care of you and keeping uh, your assets fairly intact. Okay. Sometimes people through their employer have an option of long-term care. Could we talk about maybe some of the differences between what could be provided with our employer versus 
uh, hey, I walked into Jeff's office, and we're going to have a conversation about what's available. You know, the uh, there aren't uh, as many uh, company-provided long-term care policies. They're out mm -hmm. there. They're still pretty rare. Uh, they will be similar in the features. Most of them probably won't be the kind we described where you have one bucket. It's going to be um, kind of one-size-fits-all. Everybody mm -hmm. at the company is going to get this particular policy. It's not going to be a a joint policy where we're both drawing out of one bucket, for example, if you wanted that as mm -hmm. an option. It's probably not going to uh, have the indemnity style if mm -hmm. you wanted that as an option. So it's going to be kind of one size fits all. And it's a, you know, it's a lot better than nothing, but it's not tailored to fit their particular situation. You have less options is what I'm hearing. Less yes. options. Okay, yeah. Um, well, sometimes we hear that, and, it, and if the company offers it, uh, sometimes that's good. But um, I just wanted to emphasize that it's not custom built to the client. Exactly. Okay. And, it, okay, I, since it, we mentioned the word custom, so we pick out cars with the options that we want. So we pick out our kitchens and make all these updates. But then sometimes when we talk about providing a very serious long-term medical care need for us. And yet sometimes the default is, oh, they're all the same. Or I got this one over here. And we don't do that with anything else. And I don't think we should do it with something as important as this. Exactly. I, th I think this is a very important area that people need to give some time and attention to. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an uh, important stage of their life that they really want to handle properly. And if they're interested in uh, passing on anything to the next generation and preserving things, this is another uh, important reason to get in there and, and do some planning so you can cost effectively meet those needs. I completely agree. Well, Jeff, I think we covered a lot today and time flew by, but um, if the listeners wanted to get a hold of you again, could you just mention again how they might do that? Sure. Uh, email uh, jeff at texas-advantage.com or 713-532-1000. Okay, great. Well, thank you all for joining us today. This is Planning for Win, Financial Guidance in Life, and you can always uh, listen to us the last Tuesday of the month at 1 p.m., or you can check us out online at Lone Star Community Radio. Thank you very much. Securities and financial planning offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing.